This is former TNA World Champion Raven, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. And don't cross the line. Or do cross the line. I'm not really sure if you're supposed to, you're not supposed to. I don't know. Eh, whatever. You get it. TNA Wrestling. Cross the Line. back with episode 157 of the tna cross the line podcast i am bob gallion jr and with me as always is dallas gridley and dallas we are coming off of against all odds that was our last episode and on that episode jeff jarrett retained the nwa world heavyweight championship when he defeated kevin nash in the main event big sexy does not win the big gold belt this time around, and I know that's the WCW belt, but we'll say the eight pounds of gold, isn't it? Or nine pounds of gold? What is it? It's ten pounds of gold. Ten pounds of gold. <laughs> so, I know my NWA. Also, the thirty-minute Iron Man match between AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels. AJ won that two falls to one, and he did so in a sudden death overtime. And then, lastly, that I'm going to mention right now, we have a number one contender the NWA world title and that would be the monster of this when he defeated Jeff Hardy in a full metal mayhem match and then Jeff Hardy kind of had like a temper tantrum on the floor but maybe there'll be a note on that in today's notes I don't know yeah dude we um we're gonna break down against all odds like we have been doing for all these monthly pay-per-views um so it'll be a little bit heavier in the beginning of the episode but I'd say the Abyss Jeff Hardy stuff is probably the most interesting notes coming out of this pay-per-view. So I'm definitely really excited to talk about that. Well, what I'm really excited about for today's episode, the uh, February 18th impact, is that we are going to see Triton. That's right. It was announced that against all odds via a video package that Triton was coming. And boy, was he coming because he's coming today. Or at least we're told. That's what we're told. So the man formerly known as Ryan Wilson of the Red Shirt Security is back. Allegedly. Hopefully. Who also... What was his other name that we were referring to him as for a while? Titus, right? Titus, yeah. And that was even as soon as they started Impact, they had Titus and Johnny Fairplay walking around Universal with Jimmy Hart. And he had a mask on. He had a mask on, right. So, and we've never... We haven't seen that, but... We will uh, we'll see what happens with that, man. Uh, I'm really curious. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we'll break down the rest of against all odds here um, momentarily. Yeah, we got lots of fun stuff to talk about. As always, I'm sending Bob teases on Snapchat last night. He ignores me because he's pretending he's sleeping, but he thought it wasn't because I saw him on Facebook. And see that me being on Facebook doesn't mean that I am awake. Okay. That's important. Mm. And also, I don't get notifications on like certain apps. Like, I don't get Snapchat notifications. So the only way I know is if I go into Snapchat. That suddenly that. changed. You don't believe that? 
No, he just ignores me on Snapchat. That's fine. He's best buds, but, you know. What do I know? Um, anyway, <laughs> against all odds, it was pretty good. Uh, me and Bob give it a thumbs up. I think overall it was a good show. Um, and we have the results from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter readers here as well. Um, Bob, what do you think? Do you think that they agreed with us? Did they hate the show? Uh, were they in the middle? No, I think, they, I think they're going to say thumbs up. Okay, now before I give you these results, do you believe that this will make the third straight pay-per-view with zero thumbs down? That should be a hint. Yes, the majority of uh, thumbs up. I was going to say, I mean, you're pretty much telling me that's exactly well, I'm going to give you the numbers, though. Do you think that we have zero thumbs down for the third pay-per-view in a row? Yes. Unfortunately not. But Rick. it's actually quite minimal. 72.1% uh, gave it a thumbs up, which is 119 votes. 5.5% were down, which is only 9. 22.4 were in the middle, so 37. So quite a bit of people voted again, once again. Pointing out the fact that these are significantly higher numbers than we were used to hearing, uh, well, you, at least a year ago at this point, with the weekly pay-per-view. So, pretty exciting stuff. Um, as far as the best match, what do you think I voted on is that? I feel like it's... Yeah, I mean, it's probably Daniels and Styles, right? I mean, yeah, it's Daniels and Styles, 160 votes. Uh, I feel like it's kind of obvious. As far as the worst match, what do you think I voted that? Uh, I'm gonna say Raven and Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, Raven and Dustin Rhodes got 75 votes for being the worst match on the show. In second place, it was Hammond and BG James versus Michael Shane and Kazarian at 51, and then Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Nash in third with 14 votes. Uh, now, and, I, I think this is a victory for uh Jeff Hammond. Yeah, that he didn't get voted the worst match. Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about him, too, coming up. That's another That's another match that has some really cool, uh, not cool, really interesting notes that go along with it. Um, but, yeah, so these are also notes that these are based on phone calls, emails, and fax messages as of Tuesday, February 15th. So I don't know if it really actually – I don't think he actually, like, updates and changes it, but just for reference, it's only going until, like, a couple days after the show. So probably not covering if people watch the replays, mm. which I just think is kind of interesting. Anyway, so the Observer starts off. While TNA continues to produce well-received pay-per-view shows and the February 13th Against All Odds show made four in a row, but he says the clock is still ticking. So this is following up on the theme that even though we're doing some good stuff, you know, we could be shot down any day now. <laughs> Uh, which, once again, this is one of those things. Hindsight is kind of hilarious to me. So uh, He notes that early estimates of this show did at least as well as the first three on pay-per-view, and perhaps even slightly better. When Dusty Rhodes booked the show, the whole idea behind the Jeff Jarrett versus Kevin Nash main event is that the biggest, quote, star power match the company could put on, and he felt it was necessary, despite it on paper not being a good match, to increase buys. Now, it may have worked, or it may have been just word of mouth from the past two great shows. Uh, the show wasn't at the level of the previous two, but had one blow-away match and several other good ones. 
However, live, a lot of the turnaway crowd of 775 at Universal Studios in Orlando left before the main event. Find kind of interesting. Um, and then he kind of uh, dips his toes into some thoughts about uh, Dusty Rhodes, saying, "You know, it's a couple months into his six-month timetable uh, to turn things around. He's going to be putting, of course, the Ultimate X on the March 13th show, Destination X, which would be the third time since November that the company has put on its signature match. Um, it's noted that Styles is supposed to be defending there, of course, which makes sense because he's the champion." And he doesn't see how they can keep uh, Christopher Daniels away from him after the match that they just had. Um, and I think this is interesting because he notes that uh, it's reminiscent of Rhodes booking cage match after cage match in the late 80s when the business was failing or falling. Uh, because there was uh, a, a time when a cage match was the one gimmick that would greatly increase the house. So in this case, he's using Ultimate X as like his cage match. No, he did do that a lot. Especially on the house shows, I think. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. Sorry, I'm joking. Um, Against Odds uh, was carried by what uh, Dave says he considers the best non-gimmick wrestling match in company history. The Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles Iron Man match. Where Styles retained his title by winning in overtime at 31 minutes and 37 seconds. But he notes that uh, history has also shown Iron Man matches, which are memorable because of their length. And this is so interesting because Bob brought up this point while we were watching the show. Usually aren't that strong at the box office and are difficult matches to work because the crowd knows there is no finish coming until a set time. Which, when you're watching an Iron Man match, nothing really can happen until probably the last five minutes. Well, right. And he said it was the best non-gimmick match. Yeah, so he's considering it. Well, because there's not, I guess, like, items and stuff like that, since it's just... technically a gimmick. I agree, but I see where he's coming from. Weapons, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. And there's not, like, a weird stipulation of some kind. It's just, like, you have to wrestle for this long. Yeah. Um, He says, still, this was the main event for the live crowd. And as we already noted uh, before, there was a lot of talk leading into the show that this should be put on last in the main event slot now in the end Rhodes wouldn't consider the idea of that x division title match to be put ahead of the nwa title match uh it almost worked as even though you could you could see splotches of empty seats in the jared nash match if you were looking for them but he does point out they weren't obvious so you'd really have to be looking for this they worked a great match when you consider nash's limitations still the reason the crowd was so hot was because they hate jared so much but in the wrong way that they badly wanted Nash to win. When he didn't, the mood of people leaving was horrible. Time will tell what that means, but in reality, they need to get the title off of Jarrett. Jarrett and Nash wasn't a draw to begin with. And, of course, we've heard the rumors that DDP is going to, or is supposed to, potentially fight Jarrett, and he notes that. But it's not like DDP versus anyone on the roster is going to draw either. So even if DDP is the guy, it's not going to really work. Since the funny thing is, based on the match with Nash and how he carries himself in promos, that from a mental standpoint, Jarrett has more of what it takes to be champion than anyone else on the roster. The problem is, no matter what pulses he brings to the table, or pluses, excuse me, he brings to the table, he doesn't have the charisma, and he's been champ so long that the fans resent it because they know it's his show. He simply can't be champion right now. So, really, uh, 
really laying it out there. Got to get the title off, Jared. I have a yeah, feeling yeah. it's yeah. not going to happen for a while. You have to, though. <clears throat> you yeah. got to get off of him. Yeah, it's that's some rough stuff here. It's because, I mean, the long, the long running joke is like that TNA was a, a vanity project for him, for him to be the main event guy and, and be treated as such. And he forced it onto everybody. Right. So. Which, I, I mean, kind of at this time, it kind of feeling like that, does it not? No, it does. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as we've said before, we both like Jeff Jarrett. It's just a lot. For like, you're watching, if you found this company for what we're going on, te- technically it's third, not full year, but third year, right? Yeah. Holy crap. Or fourth, technically, because 2002 was half of it. But you know what I mean? Anyways, if you've been I mean, following he, it. He, he's had a, a few months not having the belt, but then it was just AJ. Well, and we just, a couple weeks ago, uh, we mentioned, it was something like, I forgot how many um, how many weeks or whatever out of the whole time that he's had the title, and it was something ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, kind of talking more about those several hundred fans that were turned away from the show, which is, like, crazy. Um, it's become big enough that some who didn't get in, that they were in tears at the entrance like people were very upset that they could not get into the show um many more of these fans hung out around the front and Nat, when nash and jared brawled out of the building um that was to pretty much give those people something to see so those fans that we saw didn't follow them out of the building uh-huh. those were fans waiting to try to come in and so they kind of were like let's give them something and they brawled out there which i think is actually kind of cool that is pretty neat um and so they were out there for the duration of the show. And Dave notes that perhaps waiting for people to leave so they could maybe get in is that does happen sometimes at TV shoots. Um, and he points out that maybe it's time to start charging admission for pay-per-views, although I don't think that would work for TVs. TVs, no. But I think, I mean, pay-per-views, I think you could. If you're turning away hundreds of fans and people are crying outside because they couldn't get in, I don't know. I have a feeling they might pay. <laughs> I would have to think so. And I mean, I like I said before, they should just maybe try to find a bigger venue. Yeah. For the pay-per-views. I think so. But yeah, here we are. We're stuck in we're stuck at the impact zone. Yeah. Um, a big thing that I can't losing, believe Bob losing who knows how much money, even well, if it's only a of course. Man. Of course. Um, I can't believe Bob didn't bring this up in the opening, but that's fine because I'm gonna bring it up now. Uh, the show also had the debut of Monty Sop, the former Billy Gunn. Ah, oh, fuck. And Waltman. Yay! I was about to say that. Now, of course, as of now, uh, Billy Gunn does not have a name. And Sean Waltman, who... Uh, so, no, yes, he, no, he does have a name. Yes, it's Nen. No, no introduction needed. Uh, <laughs> you know course, who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. It's basically the same uh, idea. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Um, and yes, Sean Waltman has returned, who both ran in during the main event. Waltman had injured his back apparently two nights before earlier, uh, two nights earlier in Tijuana, taking a bump in that hard ring uh, in his first match in months. Uh, he was hurting bad to the point where the day of the show, they didn't even know if he was going to be able to perform. He was actually in a wheelchair in the hotel the morning of the show. 
Uh, Jarrett himself was really happy Waltman got the big crowd pop, which uh, may have been more because he helped Nash as opposed to Jarrett. But um, so, and he says he's happy about that because Rhodes was not nearly as sold as Jarrett was on Waltman being brought in. Uh, as things broke down, uh, I'm just going to call him Billy Gunn. I'm not going to call him Sop, but uh, Billy Gunn called the uh, was called the man formerly known as Billy Gunn. Uh, and for uh, he interfered as a heel to help Jarrett. Um, they were disappointed in Gunn's crowd reaction. Uh, it's noted, but uh, Waltman helped Nash after that. Waltman was dressed like a raver or street corner drug dealer, and not in a babyface way, but more of a heel way. That is what Dave Meltzer writes. Um, I guess if that's what he was wearing, like a tracksuit, wasn't he? I mean, if that's, yeah. that's what you want to call it. Although he did insult the last time he wore a tracksuit or tracksuit, um, also, and he also called him a raver. I think so. Yeah, he did, yeah. This is not like a new insult, but I was like, what the fuck. Uh, Beach James also stopped uh, stopped his longtime tag team partner from using an object. Perhaps uh, they might go with a Jeff Jarrett and Billy Gunn and someone else against Waltman, Nash, and Beach James as the main feud. He says, although I don't know if anything is definite, as we've still heard talk about putting the New Age, the New Age Outlaws back together. Uh, the negative of that uh, of the negative of this show was that good or bad, when it was over, they created no obvious matches you want to see for the next show. At this point, it is imperative that the booking leaves you with something to look forward to. Well, see, I don't think I agree with that. I think that from leading into the show, that if if uh, Nash didn't win, that we were definitely going to be getting Paige and Jarrett. I think that was pretty obvious too, right? Just from the yeah, just from the interaction. Now that Nash has lost, considering that Billy Gunn was involved, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Nash Billy Gunn match, which sounds weird on paper but i think yeah. that would be a likelihood situ kind of thing i think the main event area is kind of the biggest like we do have something to look forward to we just don't know what it is exactly right well with and then the, we with have, the debuts and yeah and then we have ultimate x which we've we've known about um right i mean i think i mean we i guess we really wouldn't know what waltman would be doing yeah at this point but i disagree with him saying that we have no idea like there's nothing except for i think that there's definitely options and you know kind of piecing together the potential matches no i mean i kind of think so too um i lost my spot okay so this next one is a big one and then we have one more do we have this and like a second mini part of it and then we're going to do a very quick breakdown of the show with uh, dave belser star ratings which i always I'm find very very curious about yeah and i love it that's my favorite part of doing these pay-per-view shows post shows now um okay so there was one major incident backstage stemming from the planned jeff hammond b and bg james versus michael shane and kazarian match this is this is a good one this is a good one and i feel like we sort of talked about it during the show in a way that we thought this could happen okay so michael shane and kazarian were really upset about having to get pinned by jeff hammond which I think we meant. I think we were mentioned something of like, like who who's going to get pinned by Jeff Hammond and you know that kind of stuff. Um, they complained a lot, uh, and managed management blamed it a lot on Shane Douglas, who is considered Michael Shane's mentor, which I think is still like crazy. Blame, they blamed it on Shane Douglas. He yeah. got in their ear about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, 
as they believe that he made a bad situation worse by telling them that it was BS for either of them to get pinned by a 48-year-old NASCAR, or yeah, 48-year-old race car announcer. Um, it got mad enough that Jeff Jarrett was considering firing Douglas and maybe even Michael Shane and Kazarian. <laughs> the feeling is that uh, Hammond is a major player at Fox Sports, not knows the president of the network and this is something to win brownie points with the network in the quest to get the monday night tv show that is their big dream other wrestlers told them that uh told them that that in wrestling this wasn't a big deal and it's part of the business for what it's worth because hammond because of hammond they got a usa today mention of the show and the company a mention of on some of the fox auto racing shows and we'll have a segment covering it on the Speed Channel down the road. Dave says, I don't think it sold one buy, but nobody expected it would. Uh, I think the feeling is part of building a brand is getting the brand name out there. Um, and then the kind of thing that kind of follows up with this in a way is the other thing that is in danger of happening is the more prevalent locker room clicks, as you're noticing with Shane Douglas starting shit. Uh, basically, you have two groups of stars and the other and ones who were names from like the Monday Night Wars era who have the name recognition and the guys who can go like AJ Styles and America's Most Wanted, but who most people have never heard of. The company is trying to use both to their advantage as they have to, uh, but there but there have been grumblings from those, quote, who have been there that the company needs needs to play the money players uh, needs to, Jesus Christ, he's so hard to fucking read, sorry. That the company needs to play the money players who know how to get over and can't see why those bigger names are working underneath guys with no names. So there's some clicks going on, there's some drama going on, and apparently Shane Douglas, Michael Shane, and Frankie Kazarian almost got fired because they did not want to get pinned by Jeff Hammond. Well, here's the thing. Realistically, <clears throat> if you're a wrestler, you, you just kind of be be reminded that it's it's not real it is an entertainment sh- it's a show mm-hmm. so you losing to jeff hammond it's part of the show right and i don't know like you can't really take it that serious i'm not sitting here saying like oh i can't believe i don't see <clears throat> kazarian as a believable contender for like the exhibition title now because he kind of he got lost, you know, lost to jeff hammond and it wasn't even a jeff hammond like yeah he won with the elbow drop but didn't like bg james they like, drop him or something i think so and that's what that's why i feel like it's not a big deal yeah so i wouldn't be really worried about it yeah it's uh like i said some big drama coming out of that that would have been hilarious though if they all got fired because of the jeff hammond match yeah um, we're going to head into the, those breakdowns now, and you're probably wondering, well, where's the note about Jeff Hardy and Abyss? Well, we'll talk about it when we break their match down. So don't you worry about that, because it's pretty fucking interesting. Uh, but before that, um, I did say I'd be saving the dark match notes that were happening on the pre-show that does not exist apparently anywhere. So I will read those in their full, since we did not get to actually watch them. Um, the first one had uh, Pi Delta Slam, as Team Trinity in the battle to find out which woman can sleep with the dream, as Dave says. Uh, they beat Lex Levette and Buck Quartermain. Uh, Pi Delta Slam are... I'm sorry, this is just what he wrote down. Pi Delta Slam are two fat wrestlers who are well-known on the local indie scene. Also, as Bruno Sass- 
Sassy, and Big Tilly. A lot of fans knew them and cheered them heavily, even though they were supposed to be heels. Uh, Sassy gave Quartermain a spine buster, and Tilly, who looked to be about 350 pounds, got the pin with a splash off the top. So that was the first match. And then the second one was Team Tracy, which is just our favorite team ever. Ron and Don Harris, and they were referred to as the Disciples of Destruction. Mm. Big R and Big D. That is what they were referred to as. Well, they destroyed Mikey Batts and Jarrell Clark in three minutes and 12 seconds. This was also a total squash to set up Tracy's, Tracy's team versus Trinity's team, originally scheduled for the dark match. So it was supposed to be Team Tracy versus Team Trinity in this, and then they essentially are setting up for that now instead. Uh, to meet some, uh, yeah, so they're going to meet at some point in the future. The Twins looked very good here as they were aggressive and their offense looked great. That was even more amazing considering how bad they were looking when they were taken out of the ring by TNA. And both should have some ring rust. So he kind of talks highly of them, even knowing that they were not very good when we saw them last. Well, they haven't been good since 1986, so that doesn't really matter. I agree with you. Anyways, so that's that. There's not really much to say, so. Um, let's, let's get into these matches, man. I, I'm not reading obviously the whole thing cause he breaks down the full match. I pulled out some interesting notes and usually like the finish and the start rating. So, uh, Elix Skipper pinned Petey Williams in seven minutes and 58 seconds. Uh, he notes that this match started good, but fell apart toward the finish. Uh, he said, there's a lot of talk after the show that this exposed what a lot of people knew and that Skipper is best served as part of a tag team and how much, uh, being Daniels had protected him. I disagree with this statement, but... Yeah, what is he talking about? Totally disagree with this. Also, um, Skipper pulled out a new finisher, um, which we, we don't have a name for, I don't think, do we? Or do we do, and I don't remember it. It was, uh, um, what, Kryptonite Crunch, as Bob says. Yeah. Uh, but but Dave notes that it's Nova's Novocaine and Mike Modest Reality Check, in case you guys don't know what the Kryptonite Crunch is. I thought, wait, he's the Nova Novocaine. Nova's Novocaine. I thought he called it Kryptonite Crunch. Maybe he did for a while, and then he switched it. I, I think he did. I could be wrong, but I think he did. I'm going to go with you. I don't care. Um, he gave that match, by the way, one and a half stars. Okay. I mean, I don't I don't think that was one and a half. I think it, I think it was a good opening match. It, yeah. And it set the, It was like, okay, this is a good way to start on the pay-per-view. I, I agree. And I don't. I really don't agree with the whole Skipper needs being a tag team. Totally that's, disagree with that. Shit. Totally disagree. I think Skipper's one of the highlights of DNA at this time. I I agree. Uh, Jeff Hammond and BG James beat Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian in five minutes thirty three seconds. Hammond wasn't over in the least, but I've seen a lot worse celebrities in the ring. At one point, fans were chanting "We hate NASCAR" at him. NASCAR driver Brendan Vaughn came to, out with Hammond. I honestly do not remember that happening, but there he was. You did? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't remember seeing him. I but, don't remember that either. Uh, the finish off Shane super kick Kazarian as Hammond moved, and Hammond did the goofy I'm a, I'm a race car run around the ring, dropped the elbow for the pin. So it this was because so Kazarian got pinned after a super kick by Shane. Right, so it wasn't directly because of a Hammond move. Hammond did a move, but the impactful thing was from some of that. Which, if you think about it, kind of makes them still look good because it was Michael Shane's finisher that put out his part. Uh, he gave that match one and a quarter stars. Okay. 
Uh, he notes that with no Johnny Fairplay, the goofy show long segment was a lawyer called Mr. Daggett, who was played by office employee Tim Welch. But that's what, what's so goofy about it is that he's frequently done ring announcing, so the fans live and even on TV would know who he is, which you and I both said, that's the ring announcer who used to be JB when right. JB was gone. Um, he was trying to threaten legal action against Dusty Rhodes on the behalf of Jeff Jarrett, saying that if he uses the guitar, he loses the title. And Rhodes refused to back down. And he says... I think that this was a scene from a John Wayne movie, seriously, which I'm not going to be surprised about that at all, if that's the case. Isn't that like a dusty thing to do? Probably. Like, I'm going to get a Western movie influence. I think we talked about that a while ago on something else. I just can't remember what. Okay, next up. Uh, This one one gets a little messy, too. But Raven pinned Dustin Rhodes in 8 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, there's a lot of legwork um, in this one, but uh, Dave notes that Rhodes' agility is gone. Uh, he's not that old, so he must have be hurting bad because he used to be a good worker, and now he can't do a thing. Raven got the pin using ropes in a bad match. It was so bad that when Raven came to the back, Jerry Jarrett jumped him and started screaming at him for ruining the show. Uh, and then Dave says, hey, if it, hey, it wasn't nearly that bad. <laughs> so he says it was bad, but not bad enough to ruin the show. Uh, Raven attacked Rhodes after the match and ended up putting him in a straitjacket. He used a garbage can shot to the head when Cassidy Riley tried to make the save. Raven uh, DT'd him immediately. Raven started whipping Rhodes when security hit the ring. He started whipping the security, but finally left. One and a quarter stars. So, you know, one and a quarter, that seems high to me because I thought it was a really bad match. Yeah, the match Four. itself was really bad. The after <clears throat> part was like, okay, this is what we yeah. wanted. Uh, we did see that lot, latest Ryan Wilson video, his new name, Triton. Bob already mentioned this. He's dressed up like a seven-foot uh, Green Lantern. Apparently live, the crowd laughed when they saw his name. <laughs> Which you can tell where that how that's going to be going. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have Chris Harris and James Storm retaining the NWA tag team title over Kid Cash and Lance Hoyt in 12 minutes, 25 seconds. Fast-moving match with great heat, he says. Uh, Harris ended up handcuffing Cash to the ropes when Harris and Storm did a double-team death sentence on Hoyt, leading to Storm getting the pin. This was uh, real well done, as Storm had his back worked on during the match, and at first was unable to lift the big guy up. Harris screamed at him to gut it out. He got Hoyt up, and Harris came with that guillotine leg drop. A lot better match than I anticipated, Dave says. Even though Hoyt is not in the league with the other three, He's also not as bad as Dave says. Let's just say that, too. Uh, they worked some intense um, G&P. I, don't, I can't think of what he's meaning there, but type stuff with this uh, with him. And Cash was on his A game. Cash ended up breaking, out, breaking some toes during the match. Uh, I really don't see this as a time to go heel with Harrison Storm, but apparently it's still in the plans. Uh, he gave this match three and a half stars. Do we remember what he gave uh, Team Canada AMW? It was more than that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I almost want to say he gave that one. Well, let's see. He had to have given that one. It had to be at least four, and it was almost five stars, I think, wasn't it? There's no way that it was five. I'm trying to see if I can... I can probably figure this out. Oh, wait. Here we go. Hold on. Hold on. I have... This is the show right here. I clicked the right old note. 
Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. He gave it four and a half stars. So he There's gave this no one way. three and a half. So There's one no full star. Less. There's nowhere. Now this one is better. Um, after that match, Shane Douglas was in the back when a limo pulled in. He wanted to find out who was in it. The least menacing looking security people in history. All half of Douglas's size made him back off, back off often um, as they said that he was going to interview who was in there. Um, I guess it's no biggie since Douglas isn't an active wrestler, is what Dave says. But it's kind of funny that these little guys, but yeah, well, yeah, it really was. They were okay. so you know, tiny guys, and then Shane's like, okay, okay. I mean, there was three of them, so or four. Three or four. Okay, up next, Bob, we got a heavy hitter. Abyss defeated Jeff Hardy in a comedy of errors called Full Metal Mayhem in 15 minutes, 21 seconds. There's a lot to break apart in this one. Um, There were two envelopes held high above the ring that you needed a ladder to get. One envelope was empty. The other had a contract for the title shot. Um, Whoever, of course, won Jarrett and Nash uh, to be held on impact over the next few weeks. These guys put it all on the line in a TLC-style match. He breaks some of the big spots down. Down. Uh, he notes at one point Abyss used an overhead belly to belly on Hardy over the top rope. He was supposed to land and break another stack of tables. Um, as it turned out, he landed short of the tables. His feet went through, and the butt of the brunt of the punishment, his back in particular, landed on the floor. Right. So, so he did not quite make it. Eventually, they climbed to the entrance, which Don West uh, said it was 40 feet high, and he says if Hardy suddenly grew 27 feet tall, then he'd be right. <laughs> you gotta exaggerate. I know. Well, and to be fair, to the floor, it probably was about 40 feet, because they have tall, it's a tall entrance thing, but that's not where he was landing. He right. was landing on the stage still. On the stage. Um, he ended up doing the swanton off the top of the table. Um, then Hardy got a 12-foot ladder, and well, he got the contract. The problem was he wasn't supposed to. He was supposed to get the envelope without the contract. Abyss knew it and was going crazy, but he couldn't stop him because he had to sell the blow. The ref was screaming at Hardy to go for the under, the other envelope. When he got it, they sold it like it was empty uh, just to keep the match going. But in the panic, the match fell apart at that point. The big spot in the match was that they were supposed to both climb the ladder, both grab the envelope and fight over it. Tip the ladder, tip over the ladder, and both go flying through the four setup tables. Unfortunately, because they had to pretend the new envelope had the contract, uh, it was too far to take the bump. So since he grabbed the, the contract that was closest to these tables, they couldn't do the spot. They wouldn't be able to. Right. Um, it was too far away to take the bump. So instead, Abyss threw Hardy over the top rope, and he was supposed to go through all four tables. Well... The tables didn't break, and Hardy, rather than sell what should have been a debilitating injury, got right up and went into a a temper tantrum. He started kicking and stomping the tables that didn't break. Worse, as he was attacking the tables when he was supposed to be selling, the cameras were on him. While this was going on, Abyss had nothing to do but climb up and grab the empty envelope that was supposed to be an envelope of the contract, and he was ruled the winner. Both Hardy and Abyss were really furious backstage after the match. Hardy was mad about the bump earlier in the match when he landed short and got banged up. Abyss was mad about the problems due to Hardy forgetting which envelope to go through first and made a scene throwing and kicking things everywhere. He rates this match two and a half stars. I don't think I noticed that he grabbed the one with the contract. 
I don't know if I did either. And, but it's still like, damn them. Like, no wonder that it's like things were falling apart at that point. Where it's like, why? Because remember, we were even like, that's the spot with the four tables. Like, it just didn't right. feel. It didn't feel right. Right. No, that makes sense. But the tantrum thing makes sense now. Yeah. This is. I love this kind of context when we find these things out because it's like we would have just been like, "Wow, Jeff Hardy's being a baby for some reason." Right. right. Yeah. Really interesting. Uh, next up. Diamondale's Page and Monty Brown defeated Eric Young and Bobby Roode in nine minutes, 43 seconds. Now, I think I might have missed this comment, but they announced that Demore had bought Scott Hall's contract so that he could have a cohesive unit together. That was the only mention of Scott Hall's name. A fast-paced good match with a lot of heat, he says. The finish saw Brown pounce. He goes, he writes, the finish saw Brown pounce, period, Roode. Um, knocking him out of the ring. GDP uh, used the diamond cutter on Young, who was sitting on the top rope for the pin. He gives us three stars. Three stars for that? Yeah. Oh. I do think it was ended up being better than we expected, though. So. Yeah. Next up, AJ Styles retains the X Division title, uh, beating Christopher Daniels in 31 minutes and 37 seconds of a 30-minute Iron Man match that went into overtime. Now, he's going to, I'm going to tell you, he's going to really talk this one up. Both men were fantastic out there. Daniels was clearly the ring general and was aggressive from start to finish and never tired. Styles tried to do one of the world title matches, more of a world title match than an X Division style match and was great at it. This match really shut up critics and of Styles who think that he doesn't do what what he doesn't do in some matches because of the style of those matches revolving themselves around high flying and fleshy spots means that he can't do a long-term selling based match. What was really strange here is that even though the crowd was hot for the entire match, they did apparently pipe in some fake crowd noise or in the early minutes of the match and have no idea why they uh, would do that, let alone in this match, because it was clear that the live crowd uh, saw this as a real main event. Because even from the start, they were doing the let's go AJ, let's go Daniel stuff. Well, and that's funny that they had, they felt the need to pipe in crowd noise. They probably didn't need to do that. No, I don't think so either. Um, I, I have times with all the the, um, the finishes. So finish of the first fall was at 14 minutes and 7 seconds when Styles went for a 450. Um, and then Daniels got his knees up and he hit angle wings for the pin. Uh, Styles won the second fall in 23 minutes, 58 seconds after a cradle. And in the third fall, Styles juiced after being uh, hit into the post. Daniels kept headbutting him uh, until it opened up more. Daniels did the STO for a near fall and more headbutts. Uh, Daniels locked Styles in the Koji clutch, which was awesome because Styles was trapped in a triangle exhibition with his bloodied face and theoretically unable to breathe when he went out there uh, just as the time limit expired. Daniel started screaming that it wasn't fair, and he had the match won. Dusty Rhodes came out and ordered the match to be sudden death. After a series of reversals, Styles hit the Styles clashing at the pin early in overtime. The timing was almost identical to the Hart Michaels WrestleMania match. Uh, there was a huge standing ovation that lasted several minutes, uh, and this was not a somewhat uh, contrived one like the Chris Benoit in the Angle and Lesnar matches. And lasted far longer. So he the, he's really talking about how the crowd reacted to this match. Um, he notes that the Ultimate X last month was more spectacular, but I saw this as the best match I've seen so far this year. Four and three quarter stars. I really couldn't just give him that extra quarter. 
Well, yeah, and I don't know. What was the, what would have given that little quarter? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and finally, the main event, Bob. Jeff Jarrett retained the NWA title, pinning Kevin Nash in 19 minutes, 45 seconds. The good part of this match is that they made the best of what appeared to be a bad match with lots of run-ins, refs, bumps, and near falls. The bad part is every Jeff Jarrett title match has seen them. So instead of camouflaging a bad match, it just seemed uh, they just seemed so redundant. You could tell with the people walking out and those staying having a bad reaction to Jarrett that people were sitting there ready to crap on the match. By the end, they had super heat and people uh, with people on their feet rooting for Nash. Which is actually, we I think we noticed, like, people were going crazy for Kevin Nash in this match. Yeah, they did. They definitely wanted him to win the title. Uh, he says that I did, too. Right. I know, totally. Um, now, they had the whole cello spot where he opened up the guitar case and he had a cello. He notes that this would have been funny if it was someone other than Jarrett and it had been in the second match. Um, and then even worse, he picked up the cello and the handle broke. Right. After the powerbomb by Nash... Uh, later in the match here, uh, the formerly known Billy Gunn ran in with his no introductions necessary. I think it's a needed, though, or but whatever. It doesn't matter. And the you know who I am uh, on his T-shirt. He he used a chair shot, but Nash kicked out. Sean Waltman came out and went right after Jarrett, giving him the X factor. Jarrett kicked out. Gunn went for the title belt shot, but BG James ran in and grabbed the belt from him. So we're having a formerly known as Degeneration X reunion, which they, I think they said on commentary as well. Jarrett went for the cello shot, but Nash got it from him. Nash went for another powerbomb, and Jarrett's feet knocked out the referee, Rudy Charles. Nash powerbombed Jarrett on the cello, but no ref. Jarrett used the belt shot for a near fall. Jarrett ended up using the stroke for a near fall, and then he, he used a low blow and another stroke to get the pin. Two and three-quarter stars. Well, I think that's a better star rating than anybody would have expected. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, I mean, realistically. No, I, I totally think so as well. So that is our full breakdown. Uh, I guess a lot. And Bob, I don't have any more notes that we're going to cover uh, before the show. I have some that I, I purposely was like, I'm going to pretty much shove everything else I can into the show. So we will have plenty more to talk about during this episode. But uh, it was a lot. It was a good show. And I do really enjoy his breakdowns and star readings and stuff about these uh after the match, I think it's I think they're really good. Well, I enjoy getting the full context of things like uh, like the Hardy Abyss stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into the February eighteenth, two thousand five edition of Impact. Uh, just a forewarning here: there are no uh, indie notes. Um, I guess people weren't busy over the weekend, at least not appearing on this show this week. There's also still no dark match stuff. I, I just assume that. I'll keep mentioning it, I guess, but there's no dark match stuff. I check every single week just to make sure there's not one of the one spare match or something that happens to be, but um, I don't know when we're going to see that stuff again. Yeah. Uh, the approximate runtime for this is 44 minutes and 32 seconds. You can uh, watch on Impact Plus or if you have your own personal collection. That should work out uh, as well. So I'm going to count down from three. And when I say play, that is when we're going to start the show. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. Uh, I like that there's like someone just yelling in the background during the intro. Oh. Uh. 
And of course, we're going right into this past Sunday. Seeing some pictures. There's Jeff Hammond. The first thing is Jeff Hammond. Trip to victory. Jeff Hardy shocked the entire world. Black and white because we want no blood showing for AJ here. It was pretty, it was like perfectly dripping out of his head as he's yeah, like, it, it, was, dude, it was so good. So, yeah, no distractions needed. needed. I fucking knew it. The New Age Outlaw. Is that the name they're going with? Hmm. I feel like you can't do that. Guess we'll see. New Age Outlaw? I mean, that was the tag team name. And now... Probably another shitty song here. Ready? Yeah, I can already hear it. It's fucking stupid. I can't wait to see freaking Triton, dude. I'm dreading that. Let's go. It cannot possibly go well. There's no way. Oh, a major announcement. Oh, okay. We're going to have a big announcement on Destination X tonight from Dusty Rhodes. I bet you Dusty's going to forget that he announced uh, Ultimate X already. He's going to be like, baby, Ultimate X there, daddy. <laughs> from ringside. It's Mike tonight. Joined by Don West. And DW, we did it again. Another tremendous pay-per-view. What is it? Oh, I get it. There was a sign that it says Tina gave me a boo rash. <laughs> I might have a, I might have a, oh no, that's next episode. Sorry. Uh, I thought I had a um, Jeremy Borish interview. I think that's our next episode. We'll be covering that. And it made me remember that I really missed the rash report. Oh, yeah. What? We invaded the Super Bowl in the best damn sports show. Okay, so we're, it's Kev, this is from February 4th, so this is right before the pay-per-view. Kevin Ash shoves Jeff Jarrett, who has a guitar in his hand, by the way. Why are we seeing this Is that so Matthew Brown? Late. And there's, there's DDP. Ooh, he said, next Sunday, you're going to be Kevin Ash's bitch. He goes, you just said that? Yeah, I just said that. Okay, so Jeff Jarrett walks away. Oh, wait. He just went for a guitar shot on Nash, and then DDP kind of just took it for him. He kind of moved out of the way and put himself in the way. Yeah, so why is this the first time we're seeing this? We should have seen this before. We needed. We need. We should have seen that before the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. But now that makes me feel like they're basically telling us it's Jarrett Page coming up. Right. Really interesting. And actually, that's so funny because one of my notes was about that, but I didn't know we were going to see it. <laughs> what are the chances? Michael Shane coming out here with Kazarian uh, ringside. 
that is very bizarre. The next Other couple weeks, Ron, Ron Killings, and well, actually the whole crew, the whole three life crew, but Ron Killings looks to be in action. Yes, yes. Um, they're noting that we're going to have some X Division shootout matches um, over the next few weeks, and this seems to be one of them. What? Ron Killings is considered X Division now. We'll be following up on that soon. What? What? Are you serious? They're moving him out of the heavyweight to X Division? The guy is a clue. Well, I guess X Division is Jared. No, is no limits. No limits. Where are my dogs at? Where are they at? Woof, 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 woof. But you know what? If it was always about no limits, then how come like Jeff Jarrett never went for the X Division title? <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't. Okay, BG is introducing his brothers in arms. He's just gave a huge intro to Ron Killings. Tower guy. guy. I really, that blows my mind that they waited. What? 12 days or 14 days, two weeks after the fact. To, Isn't that you know, crazy? That's weird. They definitely should have. I would have even shown that. I've been on the pay per view, maybe. Right. That's really uh, bizarre. Yeah, dude, right before the Super Bowl. It's coming up. I don't know. Did it already happen? Uh, did the Super Bowl already happen? Uh, in our time frame, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, because it would be well, Yeah, fly equals fly, am I right? If they won, yeah. No, they did. Oh, they did win. Okay. They, they did. Okay, what was the final score? Uh, dude, I don't remember that part. Oh, okay. That's why I don't do them Super Bowl square things. Uh, well, I, I just looked it up. It was uh, 30 to 24. Oh, wow. Uh, the Eagles won that game. So it wasn't quite a blowout. They kind of got lucky. No. Missile dropkick by Ron... The truth killing is to Michael Shane. Um, I'm just going to tell you this note now because I'm going to forget about it. Um, just It's just ratings stuff. And we might have even mentioned them, but I don't know. I'm just covering my bases. Uh, January 28th, the Friday show did a point two two. The February 4th Friday show did a point two zero. The January 22nd Saturday show did a point three four. And the January 29th Saturday show did a point two seven. February 5th Saturday show did a point two eight. And so basically... I think we've already sort of mentioned it, but it seems like the Saturday Midnight Show is the prime slot. It has the best ratings so far. Kazarian throws Ron Killings back into the ring. I also forgot to tell you how many people are live here in the Impact Zone. And as it trends after pay-per-views, we are a sold out, or (laughs) a free out, I guess you could say. 800 in the building. Oh, wow. Ron hammered away on Shane. I have a short counter. Ducks a clothesline. Overhead suplex by Shane. One, two. No kick out. Wait, wait, wait. Tag team, man. He's talking about the X Division or the Ultimate X. So it starts as tag team. 
Then it goes to a triple threat. Whoever gets pinned is out. Loser, that's eliminated. And then when it's done to the final two, so then Ultimate X will come into play with the final two. Mm -hmm. So this Ultimate X with Styles defending the title against three other people is a different format, and I don't know if I like the sound of that. I don't know if I like the sound of that either. Sounds like it's like a gauntlet. Yeah, but like, and not in a good way. Oh, nice. Do you think Ron stole that move from Samoa Joe or what? No, Samoa Joe falls back. Yeah, but do you think he just stole it by going no, to the I, No, I don't. I don't think Ron Killings know who Samoa Joe is at this time. He probably doesn't. Oh, it's ring duck under. You okay? Yeah. Kind of a lame heel kick. He kind of got to his belly button, not quite his head. Like, you know, it still does. hurt. Oh, I'm sure. I don't want to get kicked in the stomach. Kazarian up on the rope. Killing's going for it. Hangs him over the top as the ref's checking on Michael Shane. Don't worry, Michael Shane kicks him in the gut. Goes for a suplex, but Killing's over the back. Pushed him right into Kazarian. Knocks him off the apron. He's going for that axe kick. Boom! Scissor kick. That should do it. One, two, three. So do you think Kazarian and Shane are now going to be getting punished a little bit for... Throwing a hissy fit, and then... I mean, one of your main... I would say one of your main exhibition guys just lost to, essentially, a tag team wrestler. Yeah, but what, what in the in, in the world of TNA, what is, like, higher? Being a tag team wrestler or being an exhibition guy? I don't know. When you have them walking around saying that they're the best, like, two of the best exhibition guys, I feel like... I feel like at this time, the X division is, is bigger. Look at that weird 3D graphic of the ring. Ultimate X returning to pay-per-view. Destination X Sunday, March 13th. Now, that being said, it sounds like I'm talking shit about Ron Killings. He's a former heavyweight champion. Former tag team champion. But I see what you're saying. I definitely could see that that he might be getting some punishment and losing some matches here. Okay, so Shane Douglas interviewing Christopher Daniels. Hey, how does it feel to uh, be a little short? Against the champ. At the end of 30 minutes, you were beaten. You were unconscious. He was. I mean, Daniel should have won a title. One one's a tie, dude. So it's the whoever has the most points. So he's saying, let's look at the DOA who's making all the exhibition guys earn the shot. He's saying he earned the shot for the exhibition challenge. He shouldn't have to do it again. He said he will go through the exhibition again to earn the shot uh, because he can. And he will. Let's go uh, back to the ring. Who we got coming out now? Is that Lex LeVette? Is that Buckcore? I mean, is this a dream tag team? Wait a second. It is. And they're both wearing white TNA shirts. No, that's how you know they're enhancement guys. Oh, this is, um, yeah, okay. The Naturals with Chris Candido. 
Okay. Wait, Chris Candido could work with the Naturals wicked good. That's an interesting thing. Out of yeah. nowhere. I, I like it. Oh, Tanae noting that the Naturals haven't had the best of one loss record in recent months. That's going to change tonight. Donwa says, I'd like to know what Chris Candido's infatuation with the Naturals is. And it looks like Chris Candido is actually just kind of their manager right in this particular match, even though he is in ring gear. So I think that's pretty interesting. Stevens and Lovett. Starting it off here. Levette counters a hit toss and misses a clothesline, but he gets clothesline by Stevens. Uh, what's also interesting, Bob, is um, I got a couple of things I'll tell you that are interesting. Uh, uh, Tully Blanchard suggested that at the Russell reunion show that we talked about a while back, that he should win the NWA title from Jeff Jarrett and then lose it back on Impact the following Tuesday. That did not happen, by the way. So you're telling me Tully wanted to win the NWA world title? Yeah, at Russell then, Reunion. At Russell Reunion, and then lose it to, back to Jarrett on Impact. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and other interesting news, it's another quick one, as Chase Steven is punching Lex Levette in the face. Um, Goldberg, he's no longer under contract to Pride, but <laughs> he has nothing good to say about TNA or the Jarrett's, and he has no interest in working here in TNA. Yeah, of, course. <laughs> of course he doesn't have any interest. Why would he? I don't know. I just thought it was funny, so I had to bring it up. I just like that that was like, he has no interest. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to afford him anyway. No. And do we really want to see Jarrett beat Goldberg on? I was just going to say, I mean, that's that would probably be the only reason I'd be coming in there. At our potential October pay-per-view. Right. Jarrett Goldberg and Jarrett just beats him in like an eight-minute match. Stun yeah. gun and all. Yeah, that's what I want to see. You know, Douglas laying in some nice chokes here on Lex Levette. He did it over the rope, he did it with the headlock, and now he did it in the corner with his hand. So Douglas, um, he irate him, right? And he did like a wild swing. Now, I'm sure Levette was looking at when he was doing it, but I wonder if a wrestler has ever done like a wild swing like that and then accidentally knocked out his opponent. <laughs> Levette was a standing blockbuster. Thanks to Douglas. Here comes Yo, let's go, baby. But Quartermain. Oh, you oh. got high race. Somebody <laughs> reversed Irish whip. Oh, Douglas oh. tripped. Oh, my God. And he fell out of the bottom rope. And I think that was a legitimate trip. Yeah, I think so. But he, he if, I mean, he, he recovered well by just falling out of the ring. But it's falling apart here. Suplex into the ring. Blue Thunder Driver there by Levette. There's one by Quartermain. Oh, my God. I thought they were about to win. 
Candido knocked off the apron by Quartermain. Levette is in the ring alone with the Naturals. I can have a feeling he's going to be feeling a natural disaster. Oh, fuck yeah. Look oh, at that transition, nice. dude. Oh, yeah. I love that. One, two, three. That's it. Dude, the I, transition into that move is so good. That was really good. I'm surprised that Quartermain and Levette, like, almost won that match. I got scared. It was very... That was nerve wracking. Oh, they're gonna do it to quarter. Look, another cool transition into the natural disaster. Oh, um, <laughs> he did like a reverse suplex into that one. Wow. I could see them being the next challengers for AMW if they keep on winning the next couple weeks. That was good. The fans have spoken about TNA Wrestling's against the odds pay per view. But we're seeing some clips, some actual video. Well, short video. I mean, yeah, and they missed show the actual moves. No, but usually it just stills, anyways. Oh, we're at Dusty's office. Tracy's yelling at someone. Who is that? Is that James Storm? Who is that? Oh, it is James it is. Storm and Dustin Rhodes. They were looking for the cowbell. Uh, it's a bull rope. Dustin says, gives us the deal, Ray. Destination X, bull rope match with Raven. I know he'll sign it. Okay, so America's Most Wanted is helping Dustin Rhodes find the bull rope, and Dustin says, give this contract to Dusty. I'm fighting Raven oh, for a match. And here's Abyss. Scares the shit out of Tracy. What the fuck? Abyss just shoved his NWA title contract in the front part of Tracy's pants and then yells in her face. <sighs> and it's like... Why is it wet? I don't know. Okay. Interesting business going on in the office of the DOA. Wow, dude. That's Mikey Bats and... Romeo. Oh my Romeo. God. I thought that's who it was. It looks different with, like, blonde hair. Yeah, it threw me off for a second. Who are they fighting? Oh, no. Uh, it's Pi Delta Slam with Tr Trinity. Wait, did he have a... What's he carrying? It's like a paddle. Okay, so these are the guys that uh, Dave has told us. One, I'm assuming this one's the one that's got to be 450. He's a little bit larger of a man. Yeah. I like that Trinity came up with like a jacket on and then just like revealed her, her like normal ring attire. Normal, uh, yeah. I do have a bad feeling though, Bob, that we aren't seeing much more of Trinity here in TNA. I just got this weird feeling. How much longer do you think she's here for? A couple, maybe a couple months at the most. <laughs> Uh, I wonder why Mikey's not teaming with Jarrell Clark. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Do you think maybe he got hurt in the match against the um, the Disciples of Destruction in the pre-show? Actually, I bet you he did because think about this. We just saw Buck Quartermain and Lex Levet. I know they fought the Naturals, but they were a team at the thing, and now Pi Delta Slam fought them. Right. Well, I'm sure I have a feeling we're going to see the Disciples of Destruction here, either this or the next show, I'd, I'd imagine. 
Um, during this match here, I'll give you another note. Or I'll give you two because there's nothing major happening here. Um, as things stand right now, they have a two-hour primetime special on FSN with a Best Dance Sports Show period tie-in, similar to the prior deals, scheduled for April. It's noted that Jeff Jarrett is going to finally take the risk with this one and move out of the Sure Thing Studios in Orlando, with the current plan to tape in the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, which is a 7,000 seat, although they obviously will have to paper the building like crazy to do so. Big Till. This is Big Till is the blonde one, for the for record. He's whipping Mikey Bats against Rope. Big back elbow. Um, it's also noted, by the way, we've talked about it in the past, that the assault case from June, based on an incident that allegedly took place with Ryan Nemi, who at the time worked for TNA Enhancement Guys, and Johnny Fairplay, is continuing after a pre-trial hearing. Uh, Ron is charged with the assault, and no plea deal bargain offer is made. The next hearing is in March, March 18th. Oh, great. I'll keep you posted on the, the legal details. <laughs> well, at least it's after the paper. Yeah. Ansiguri by Mikey Bats. Tags in Romeo. Drop kicks, but neither man even really staggering. I know. I'm kind of disappointed. Bob says no indie notes. I don't know who these guys are, but Bob's supposed to know this kind of stuff. Yeah. Bruno stops Romeo. He picks him up in the power bomb. Sit out power bomb. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Three hundred seventy-five pound splash off the top gets the pin on Romeo. You say three seventy-five? Yeah. He's more than three seventy-five. Chewing gum that whole match. Team Trinity kicking ass. Trinity, you're holding that upside down. I wouldn't want to take that splash to play that. Yeah, me either. By the way, guys, if you're following along uh, in your own personal collection or impact post, we are 22 minutes, 31 seconds into the show. Go to commercial and we're coming back. And it sounds like Dusty Rhodes might be coming out here. He's Speaking of special announcement, isn't he? Yeah, and he's with just Tracy. Oh, he's not coming to the ring. I was going to tell you something else, but I'll tell you about the song still. You know, Dusty Rhodes is big on his um, next Latin stars. And Trinity's out there, too. Uh, well, D Dusty Rhodes, he's looking for his next Latin star. Obviously, with Hector Garza gone, we need someone new. Well, it's said that Apollo was backstage at the pay-per-view, so he may get that elusive spot. Well, what about the Shocker guy? Well, I haven't heard about him again, so I don't know. Because of the McDonald's commercial. The McDonald's commercial, dude. Yeah. But long-time listeners, you guys know who Apollo is. El Leon, if you will. Okay, so Dusty's making jokes about Jared playing the cello. See, the big man himself, Kevin Edge, is so close to winning the World Heavyweight title. He's got an announcement. Let's hear it. Hardy versus Abyss. Falls Count anywhere, anywhere in the building at Destination X. So they're fighting again. Or outside the building. I feel like I would have done that first and then full melt mayhem. 
Probably. Jeff Jarrett will defend the title at Destination X. And it's going to be against. The man we're going to bring out right now. That's where we go, Bob. Diamond Dale's page. See, I feel like it should be a, a solid match. I mean, they had solid matches in WCW. Of course, that was, you know, five years ago. But... I'm hoping. I don't think DDP's um, TNA stuff so far, I don't think has been disappointing at all, really. No. Especially from coming back from a neck injury and all that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's been, he's been doing pretty good. When we saw him uh, against Raven, his uh like the first i would say 30 seconds to a minute he seemed kind of like stiff and like not but dude then he picked but it right he, up but then he picked it up yeah okay, so ddp is in the ring here so as bob noted with that um clip that from the best damn sports show thing i mean it's, it's once again that i think that, i guess that's maybe why they saved it so they can do the time yeah, with ddp though. more yeah. Because, I mean, I guess I could see it taking away from Nash Jarrett. What's he got to say? Crowd chain DDP. Ooh, is that a Destination X poster right there? I think it is. I couldn't see it very... I know what it is, but I couldn't see it very well. Oh, God, here. This is what he says every time he has a microphone. The one who's never supposed to happen. The one who's never supposed to be a champion. Never supposed to be a star. I started wrestling at 36 years old. I'm old as fuck. You want to do yoga? I'm going to be on Shark Tank and not get a deal. How about it? (laughs) Do you remember when... um, he came to 2CW. You were at that show, right? I think you came with us. Uh, I did not go to the... You didn't come to that in, one? No, that was in Rome, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, well... I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to that one. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were. I just assumed you were always with us, but... Um, it's time. It's time. Um, it's Vader time. Uh, DDP came to 2CW, and he sat down in the middle of the ring, and we watched about a five-minute DDP yoga video. And, like, that was kind of what he did. He did end up, I think he gave one diamond cutter. Wow. But I met him, and he was actually super fucking cool, so. You probably put over your name, didn't you? Fuck yeah, dude. He loved my name. He asked, I got a promo, obviously I got, like, a 8 by 10 And he wrote on every corner of it, nice name, bang. <laughs> or to Dallas, nice name, or something like that. Because it was like one of those things where I was, he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Dallas. And he's like, get out of here. <laughs> like, he didn't believe me. And like, I remember, actually, I think it was, it might have been the same show. Or if not, it was another one in Rome. And here comes Jeff Jarrett, by the way. Uh, but we met, me and Austin went up to meet the Young Bucks. That was a different show. That was a different show. And um, same building, but. Yeah. Um, and we met, we went to meet him. And it's like, okay, my name's Dallas. They ask him, what's your name? Austin. And they're like, are you ribbing us? Like, no. No, we're not. <laughs> I should have I been over there like, hi, my name's Fort Worth. <laughs> or like San Antonio. 
like what? Jarrett says, get out of my ring so the NWA heavyweight champion can finish his victory celebration. Love his Canadian tuxedo here tonight as well. There's time. Oh, Jesus Christ. He goes, <laughs> there's time set aside after every week monthly pay-per-view that the King of the Mountain lets his fans bow down to him. So after every single pay-per-view, we need to have a celebration for Jeff Jarrett, is what he's saying. I think that's totally appropriate and fair. I think it's silly that he just admitted that because it has been true. <laughs> hey, Jarrett! He's trying to cut he him just off. Yelled. <laughs> he just yelled. Hey, Jarrett! And he just cuts him off more. Easy way? Dude, I'm loving the light in the tunnel right now. I'm sorry. I'm just going to fucking... I fucking love the tunnels and the spinning light in it is so cool. No, that'd be annoying if I had to look at it the whole show. No, dude. It ain't shining in your eyeballs like half the other shows we go to. That's true. You remember the one Excite show where the lights were literally in our face the entire show? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're showing on the screen the video of Jarrett hitting DDP with the guitar. And Jarrett comes to the ring, DDP goes right after him. Why is there a referee? Okay, now there's a couple of referees. Now all they're doing is referees. waving their arms. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, they're work. all going like this. Yeah. Jared gets his feet up. He's grabbing the oh, guitar. No. Ducks it. EDP kicks him. Come on, hit the diamond cutter. Hit the diamond cutter. Or tease it. Tease it. The crowd will go nuts. He's not going to hit him with that, is he? Yeah, I didn't think so. He's got Jared on his knees. There's Nin. Is that Nin? There's <gasps> Nin. The New Age Outlaw. There's no way they can call him the New Age Outlaw. Stay tuned until next week, and we'll talk about it. Oh, here comes Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash's music hit as soon as he was getting in the ring. Yeah. This looks like a tag team match uh, that we'll be seeing in the next couple weeks, I would have to assume. I'm fine with that. Going for the diamond cutter? Oh, he does. He hits it. Wow. There's Billy Firehawk, by the way. I don't know if he's been the in new the new age outlaw with Jarrett is kind of an interesting pairing, I think. I mean, I don't hate the pairing. I just don't think you can call him the new age outlaw. They are. <laughs> Proudly joined. Oh, by AJ Styles? Oh my god, dude. I have AJ Styles he's notes. Leaving Don hanging there on the handshake for a while. Yeah, he did. Um, I got two AJ Styles interview notes, dude. One of them with um our friend on Twitter, Alan Wojcik. I'm saying his name wrong, probably. Apologize. Yeah, that's how you say. Um, in the interview with Alan, he notes that uh, he really liked working with Lex Luger. He says that Lex was, what? yeah, he said Lex was very cool, and I thought what he, uh, I thought we did what we could do. The fact that he was a nice guy is still to this day uh, was a great experience, and I have to admit, being putting in the human torture act was cool. Um, Shark Boy's coming out as I finish reading this. Um, AJ explains why he left Ring of Honor. Uh, this is easy to, very easy to talk about, Alan, because it's the truth. Rob was the reason why, uh, why all the issues with Ring of Honor and TNA happened. Um, Shark Boy's fighting Chris Candido, it looks like, by the way. 
Um, I lost my train my place. Uh, TNA couldn't be associated with Rob and keep the family show we were trying to strive for with Explosion. It didn't have to deal uh, with pay-per-view or other ventures. We were ready to resolve the issue by asking Gabe to sign papers that Rob wasn't part of the promotion. By signing me, Christopher Daniels, and Chris Saban would continue to work for Ring of Honor. Uh, Chris Saban's coming out now, speaking of. Um, that was the thing. Uh, that was the big red flag when it came out that Rob was still working for Ring of Honor. And I can't see how fans were mad at TNA when ROH was lying to them. Um, he also talked about the NWA title belt uh, going from Ron Killings to Jeff Jarrett. He says, I was happy Ron got it, but then it flip-flopped back to Jarrett. And I guess I guess so when Impact launched, we had our big name holding the title. Which, of course, he's saying the right thing. Of course. We have a three-way here, dude. Shark Boy, Chris Candino, and Chris Saban. Very interesting match as Sharkboy and Saban double-team punches on Candida. The other interview note is a little bit shorter. Very bad draft. Um, basically, uh, he did an interview with the Ottawa Sun plugging the pay-per-view and noted that his wife was expecting their first child, who was a boy, on April 30th. And he also noted, very interesting, that his TNA contract expires in September. Wow. That's kind of interesting timing, if you really think ahead here. Yeah. Candido throws Saban to the apron. Goes for the cover on Chuck Boy after. I think he just hit an Instagram. I was looking down. A hurricane Rana. Hurricane Rana. Missile drop. Springboard uh, drop. Everybody. Saban to Candido for a two count. And Candido did the Jeff Hammond uh, elbow drop on Candido. And then Saban did the same thing. This is the X Division, folks. Face buster over the knee. Neckbreaker by Sharkboy on Saban. Now Candido getting involved. Snap suplex. Can you hang through the tag mat? They're talking about the, the weird Ultimate X stipulation that we got. And at the bottom of the screen, uh, we're seeing the matches. And I just saw that the full Assault Falls Count Anywhere match is Abyss versus Jeff Hardy. And we also are seeing t- the Disciples of Destruction versus Pi Delta Slam will be happening at Destination X as well. Fantastic. I can't wait. That probably means next week we're going to see yeah. Big D and Big R. Big D and B- Big R. Look at this. Sharkboy jumped on the back of Chris Candido, giving him a sleeper as he's giving a sleeper to Chris Saban. Double jawbreaker. Sharkboy with some right hands that Candido in the corner, but Saban's going to stop him. Wait a second, Bob. I'm learning something new right now. There's two versions of the Destination X poster. Really? The one that's on the DVD cover is different from the I, the one that people were just holding up, I think. Holy crap. Candido flying out of the ring. No wonder I couldn't exactly tell what it was, because this is different. Going for a tornado DDT, but it's countered. Except Sharkboy. Knee breaker. Drop to hold. Reverse figure four. That's kind of cool. Oh, no. 
Chris Candido, you son of a bitch. Feet on the bottom That's rope. That's funny. And he snuck the pin on Shark Boy. That's smart. Wow. Speaking That's of someone having cool. a good run here in TNA, like past when they were uh, a little bit bigger, Chris Candido's killing it, man. I like I like that finish though. That's funny. He outsmarted him. That's good. Does that mean he qualifies for the Ultimate X? Um, I don't know if that's the case, but I think that it is certainly an advantage to potentially. Nito and Ultimate X would be freaking pretty funny to see. I think. So Bob, check out the poster. Okay. It's Diamond Dale's page. Right, that's the one I've always remembered it as. This is the one I know. Oh. But that's the cover of the DVD. Cool. It's it's Daniels. Interesting. But I think the one the fans were holding up was the one with Diamond Dale's page, and that's why it was kind of, I was like, wait, I think that's the one I know, but that's why I had to look it up quick. Right. We're seeing more stills, by the way. Um. And I should have mentioned this note earlier, and I forgot, but um, it's about Conan. He was told that he'd be working all the major AAA shows this year, and it actually kind of looks like that might not actually be the case. <laughs> it's also noted that Antonio Pena has talked about booking Jeff Jarrett on the show, um, one of the shows, as a way to get back in good graces with him to where he can send talent to TNA again. Because with Hector Garza out of the picture, it may open the door for a new talent, but since Dusty Rhodes is most interested in Shocker, that may be in the way of a deal with Pena, because I believe Shocker is a CMLL guy. Yeah. Kid Cash and Lance Hoyt coming out right now. Didn't you say Cash broke toes? Yeah, he's got broken toes. Oh, he's shoving fans. Oh, Monty Brown's coming out? Looks like it's probably Hoyt wrestling. Monty Brown. Oh, it's a single. I thought it was a tank. Well, I guess it could be, but Cash didn't. I couldn't see if he had gear on. I only saw the shirt because I was reading, but. Whoa, Kevin Nash versus the New Age Outlaw at Destination X. No disqualification. Wow. Dude, we almost know the entire freaking card already. I don't, and I, I don't hate that. I like that you can, you know, have several weeks of buildup. Wow. I'm already excited about Destination X. I need that alpha male shirt. You know, this gonna, is singles. Yeah, it is. I was going to say, I wonder if that would be maybe the biggest match of uh, Billy Gunn's career, but he did fight The Rock at SummerSlam one year. Yeah, fair. That's probably the biggest one. Um, I think I only have one more note, Bob. Um, yeah, and basically it's it's really dumb, and I thought it was just a interesting thing. And that is that at the hold on, I gotta get the date, February fourteenth, um, episode of I think it's Raw. Yeah, Raw on February fourteenth. There was apparently a lot. Of pro TNA signs confiscated. Pretty interesting. That's what I got until next week. Hey, we haven't seen Triton. 
oh my god and we're 40 minutes eight seconds into the show i bob i don't think we're gonna see him <laughs> i don't think he's gonna appear on the show unless he's like gonna attack monty brown or something like that or i don't know i, I, I would assume he's a heel that's why i say monty brown right uh monty brown clotheslined hoy out of the ring almost didn't get him over but he did go to commercial we're back six minutes and three seconds left in the match the time at least Clothesline by Hoyt. What a shot by Hoyt. What the fuck was that? He just mocked him. Choking. So blatantly choking him. Oh, Cash was even getting involved there. Oh, running me. Oh, oh. Yeah, did you know he was in the Patriots and the Bills? Yeah. Did you know that he was in two Super Bowls? I did. You notice that he was in them. He didn't win them. <laughs> he didn't win them. But he, was he, he was in it, though. I mean, it's cool. I guess I... I'd rather I re never even get there than get there and lose. I was really liking the commercials uh, this year's um, this year's Super Bowl, Bob, when the, when those Eagles were flying. Yeah, Couple sure clotheslines. Yeah. Oh, going for that fall away slam. See ya. Can you believe how strong he is? Why does the Fox box look so weird? It, There's it like does. missing it's something. There's missing something next to the FSN logo. Did it used to just say Fox Sports Net, and maybe that's why? Oh, maybe. I'll be maybe. honest with you. I can't wait till that's gone. Why? I don't know. I just don't like seeing it on my screen. Well, when you have both at the top and the bottom going, there is a lot on the screen. Yeah. If you just keep it at the top, I don't think it's a big deal. Wow, Monty Brown is down. Does Hoyt have the advantage? Is he going to beat the alpha male who should have been the NWA heavyweight champion back in what? November? Well, December. Right? December. I couldn't remember exactly. It was, it was right before turning point. Yeah. Going for the blackout, but it was uh, countered. Uh-oh. Going for the pounce! Oh, wow. Good. Oh, fuck. Bob, did I call it? The lights the light, are out. The lights are out. I was I okay. If this is happening, I really didn't know it was happening. I've just made a Sa reference. It's Sabu. Oh, uh, shit! It's Glacier. Whose song is this? The beginning was someone else's song. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Where'd he go? He. You can see him walk the shadow walking through the smoke there. So he just walked through the smoke. Bob. That's what he that's all that happened there. Are you fucking serious, bro? Yeah. 
it was an eerie feeling. Okay. So we get no, there's no fit. There's no fit. No fuck? contest. And Maya Browns is left confused. And what? Yeah. Oh my god. Well, he made his debut there. That was uh, incredible. I mean, do you think that was potentially the greatest debut in the history of our great sport? I would have to say so, yeah. Holy fuck, dude. I'm not even close. I still, like, don't know if I believe that he's going to get in the ring at some point. Yeah. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. But anyway, uh, that happened. What did you think of that show, Bob? Uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I feel like it flew by. Yeah. I thought it was good, and I think the best part about it is how much we know about Destination X already. We're not right. right yeah. We know there's an Ultimate X. Now, we don't know everyone in it yet, but we know AJ is going to be defending it. We know that there's a special stipulation with it. We know the New Age Outlaw and Kevin Nash have a match. We know Jeff Jarrett's defending against DDP. Yeah. Biss and Jeff Hardy. Biss and Jeff Hardy in the full assault Falls Count Anywhere match or something like that. Yep. We know... Pi Delta Slam versus the uh, Disciples of Destruction. Team Tracy versus Team, Tr- Team Trinity. Wow. We're loading it up, baby. I'm feeling pretty good about it already. One week after the... Not even a full week after against the odds, and I'm feeling good about Destination X. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to kind of uh, continue the momentum. Yeah. So... The only thing I'm kind of surprised about, and I guess I wasn't sure, is I almost felt like they were going to try to make it more of a um, a full X Division show. No, they don't do that until years later, don't they? I guess so. I I just assumed. Oh, and did you say Raven and Dustin? Oh, yeah, Raven and Dustin with the bull rope, yeah. Yeah. So... We've got a lot to look forward to. And yeah, you're right. I don't think they do it until a few years later. However, I just... I don't know, I just assumed. Also, this kind of sucks, though, because if Abyss fights Jared before the pay-per-view for the title, do you really think there's any possible fucking way that Abyss is going to win the title? Like, that's the shit I don't... That's the stuff I don't like. No, yeah, Abyss is not winning. It's very obvious they... Okay, we're just going to be Jared and DDP. It's not going to... Abyss ain't going to win the title. So, like, what's the point? Well, I wonder if him giving... Was him giving the contract, like, his way of, like, forfeiting it or something? I guess they didn't really say anything. Yeah, so I don't know. Hmm. I guess I don't know that either. That's a really good point. So I guess we'll see. Um, yeah. But yeah, overall, I liked it as well. Thumbs up from me. And I'm definitely excited about next week. Uh, this Triton thing, are we gonna, can we see him more? I want to see more of him. No, we don't need to see more of him. I want a, I want a good laugh, though, Bob. I want to see him personally. Yeah, but like, we don't need to see more of him. <laughs> we really don't. Well, we'll find out. That's all I got. I got nothing else to say. I'm excited. I want to watch next week. All right. Well, we will. Uh, be back next week for the February 25th edition of Impact. Uh, and then maybe we'll find out more for Destination X. Who knows? Although we learned a lot. 
already. But we're already just a mere three weeks away. Holy crap. Destination X. So that'll be fun. But uh, all right. Until next week, for Dallas Greeley, I'm Bob Downing Jr., and this has been the TNA Cross the Line Podcast.